Saw this story in the National Post the other day. The pandemic did us no favors. And to make matters worse, we have a prime minister and a government who used it as a tool of division. This under the headline of uh, the, the story, Canada's Not Broken. Just its politics. The author of its story is our next guest. Jennifer Leowitz is a policy analyst at Warshield and joins us this morning from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Jennifer, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Good of you to have us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the motivation behind this uh, post uh, piece that you did the other day. Uh, because, of course, you talk about the uh, headline in all of the papers just a few days ago, 67%, Jennifer, agreeing Canada is broken. So uh, if that's the case, uh, you, you sort of zoom in a little, saying Canada's not broken, just its politics. Explain the difference. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think that the conversation around whether or not we can agree if Canada is broken is going to differ depending on who you ask. And I think a lot of politicians came out, especially after that National Post article saying, you know, 67% of, Can- of people in Canada agree that Canada is broken. Mm-hmm. There, wasn't, there wasn't room for conversation as to why people are feeling that way. And we saw, you know, some politicians, especially Liberal MPs, come out on social media, especially Twitter and, and everything, and, and say, you know what, Canada ranks, you know, the highest in these categories on an international stage. And it's like, okay, that's great. It's, it's good to have that conversation about where Canada stands internationally. But at the same time, when we have people freezing in the streets, you know, our healthcare is falling apart. We don't have the proper um, resources for mental health and addictions. And we have overrepresentation of Indigenous people in the, in the um, prison system across Canada. At what point do we say, okay, you know, maybe Canada in its entirety isn't broken, but it definitely needs fixing. Well, you ask on social media, you can see Liberal MPs sharing graphs of where Canada stands, as you said, in multiple categories on a global stage. Are they on to something, you ask, or are we just being ungrateful? Which is, of course, the way I'm sure they look at a lot of what's going on with this broken conversation right now. We're doing everything in our power to make life great for you. What's wrong with you people? Exactly. You get that sense, don't you, that, that they're sort of looking down their nose saying, how dare you say Canada's broken after all we've done for you? That, that's, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. It's almost like a paternalistic um, relationship with Canadians. And, you know, I talked a little bit about that because it's almost like with the Liberal government especially, no one wants to be on the government bench while simultaneously admitting that they're a part of the problem. Right. Especially when their solutions aren't fixing anything. And, you know, we saw this government come in and balloon the democracy or the bureaucracy, especially like with the Indigenous departments, and that's one that affects me personally, where they split it into two and the amount of public servants doubles and everything in between. But the actual life on the ground for Canadians is not getting better. Interesting that you would you would mention uh, the fact that the government has expanded. And, of course, what we're seeing, and it's in the National Post today, one of the columnists is talking about what this expansion means is a gr- more staff and, and less service, if it can be imagined. But you talked about specifically the Indigenous departments of the federal government, which have been doubled uh, under the Liberals. They're not one minister. There are now two and uh, associate ministers and so on and so forth. So doubling the bureaucracy to deal with with the Indigenous file, if you will, has, has it been beneficial for Indigenous Canadians as a result of the extra attention? That's a fair question, Jennifer. What do you, what's the response? 
Um, no, I don't think it's been beneficial. And I know a lot of people will say, well, how can you say that, especially when there's been more progress under the Liberal government than there has under the Harper years? Mm. But I really think as Canadians, we need to stop that attitude of just because it's a little bit better now than it was before means it's great because that's not the case. You know, we have two, demo- we have two, sorry, we have two bureaucracies when it comes to the Indigenous file. Now. Right. Minister Mark Miller's file and we have Minister um, Patty Hedjou's file. And right now, like I just saw a video the other day on Twitter where there was a guy saying he's not going to get his status card that he renewed until July. And then you're hearing things like um, the TRC calls to action at the current rate. It's going to take over 40 years to complete the TRC calls to action because the government has been so slow moving. And it's like, why are you doubling the bureaucracy and doubling the public service, doubling the ministers and everything in between? if nothing is getting done at the speed that it should be? That's a fair question. I think the answer, if I and I, I can't speak for the government of Canada, but I would think it's optics, Jennifer. I think, look what we've doubled. the. Look how much we care. We've now got two ministers responsible for this particular file. We couldn't possibly be seen to, ca- to be caring anymore. We, we, we're, just, we're bending over backwards to be accommodating here. It is, it is absolutely optics, and I work a lot with First Nations communities. I work a lot with, you know, on the ground with grassroots Canadians, and something I'll even hear about locally is, you know, when they were talking about bringing in tribal policing into Saskatchewan, um, I had a friend that actually attended the meetings locally here, and they said, you know what, the minister couldn't even attend those meetings. They sent a staffer on their behalf, and I'm thinking, why are we paying two ministers for this job, when there's big things like this happening, especially mm. in Saskatchewan, and this was after the James Smith tragedy, I might add, uh-huh. and they couldn't even show up to that meeting. Like, what is what is the point? Let's. Uh, I want to investigate something about you because you're. Uh, we you were introduced to our West Coast audience, Jennifer, as a policy analyst at WarShield. Tell us about WarShield, please. Yeah, so it's an Indigenous government relations firm and also a consultation firm. So. We are one of the only Indigenous-led firms in the country. Um, What we do is we work directly with nations, and we come in. You know, consultation firms are a dime a dozen, but we're unique because we are primarily Indigenous, but we put nations first. So everything that we do in our work is about what is best for the nations. And we do do work outside of just clients that are, you know, nations. Um, But there's a whole team of us that are, you know, for example, like I have a um, a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and a focus on Indigenous governance and the water policy, like the water crisis in Canada was one of my research areas. Mm. And so we are just a whole team of people that are experts in our area and we're there to help advance nations. So, One of the things that you brought up, and I don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to touch on this one because you talked about MAID, this whole business about medical assistance in dying, uh, which seems to be shocking a lot of Canadians, the fact that uh, so many people could be so easily brought into this and and officially looped into, well, of course you qualify, so here you go and off yourself. I mean, what do you make of all of that? Um, Yeah, the MAID MAID policy is actually extremely problematic. I had a sibling die uh, via medical assistance in dying in 2018. So I'm not completely opposed to the idea. I personally have witnessed why it exists and, you know, the benefits to people that need to die that are completely in suffering pain. Okay. But at the same time, you know, the Liberal government expanded that and the Conservatives came back and said, this is a very, very slippery slope. And the calls for, you know, the calls out to 
maybe rethink the way that the, the expansion was happening were ignored. And now, you know, we quietly hear that veterans are being, you know, offered made and we hear that people with disabilities are considering it, and that's completely unacceptable. No question about it. Jennifer Lewitz, Canada's not broken, just its politics. Google it, friends. It's in the National Post, and it's a really good read. Jennifer, thanks very much for this. Good to have you on the show. We appreciate your time on a Sunday morning. Thanks, Sterling.